0: As you find your seats, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, to the back of your Bibles, to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, as we look at this resurrected living hope. Hey, I got good news for you. Your church family's getting better with a sunrise service. Uh, Last year, we did our first sunrise service, and uh, we were the first church in town to get done before the sun actually rose. I I just think we're better. We're a little little faster than other folks, but... uh, we realized there's actually some trees on our on our property that maybe we want to wait till they get up. So we actually had. You just seen the uh, the mist rolled in, and those of you who love Jesus were there. And I saw you. It's okay to come twice. Um, August 19th, 2009, not too long ago, uh, a person walks into a major grocery st- uh, chain in Indianapolis and happens to buy a lottery ticket, and on August 19th. That lottery ticket won. And they won $2.5 million. Now, isn't it sad that we live in a day and age where we think, $2.5 million for winning a lottery? Can't you do better than that? I mean, we, we've seen some bigger pots than that. But $2.5 million, not bad for a lottery ticket. Let me ask, what would change in your life if you were today to receive $2.5 million? Dollars. What would change? I think for me, some of you all just like answering. Me. I mean people are answering that right now. It's a rhetorical question, folks. I answer it. <laughs> I think for me, uh I'd probably want to first thing is is pay off my mortgage. Um those of you who have mortgage, wouldn't it be nice to uh, not have that or not have a rent check to give anymore? I mean just all of a sudden free and clear. And for those of you who have your house free and clear, we're really happy for you. <laughs> I think another thing would be for me is uh, I think I'd stop worrying about education for four kids in college. I think that'd be kind of nice. You know, have you noticed how expensive that is these days? Now, I think there's, there's a little cottage that my parents own on a lake in upstate New York, and we haven't kept up with the Joneses, and it's really pretty dilapidated and really out of date. And I think I'd fix that up for my mom and dad. <laughs> and I think I'd probably look at retirement different. Not that I want to retire anytime soon. I just too much love what I do. Maybe I could do that Rick Warren thing where Rick had made enough money on his books and would have to win the lottery that this pastor out at Saddleback says, you know what, I don't need to work for money anymore. I'll just do this for free and I'd give all what you have paid me back to the church. Wouldn't that be great? Elders don't get any ideas, all right, so... But could really, could one event change your whole life? Can one ticket like that really change the course of your life? And I bet you could say yeah. I mean, many of you right now could think of one event in your life that changed your life. And sadly, for many of you, that one event wasn't positive. What about the world? Could really one event change the world? Could really one event change the entire course of history? Well, we're at that one event. I mean, today is the celebration of Easter. It's the celebration that Jesus has conquered sin. That Jesus has conquered death. That the world that we live in has been completely changed because Jesus wins. Because Jesus has broken the chains that bind us to sin. That Jesus has opened up Paradise for us. Easter is the celebration that one event changed the world as it changed your life. You see, when Jesus came in, uh, came out from the grave, when he took off those grave clothes, when he emerged victorious over death, you know what happened? All of God's promises became yes. All of God's promises. Became true. You read the Bible, God's got a lot of promises for His children. He's got a lot of ch- promises for His people. And we know now that if Jesus lives and He really walked out of that tomb, guess what? God's promises live. They live for us. Some right here now today, some will have to wait till tomorrow until we see Him face to face. But where Jesus lives, listen, where Jesus lives and God's promises live, hope lives. Not only that, not only does hope live because Jesus lives, but also when He walked out of that grave, Jesus showed us the future. He showed us what we, as His children, by God's grace, saved through faith in Christ Jesus, He showed us what we will become. John 1.3 says this, that someday when we see Him, we will be like Him. We will have a resurrected, glorified body too. He showed us the future. You know, it's true that absent from the body now is present with the Lord. It seems like this year we've had to remind one another that way too often. That absent from the body is present with the Lord. But I've also had way too often had to stand over a lifeless body of a loved one and say that this story's not over. This is not over. This this body's not done. Let me tell you, their soul is with Jesus today from absent with the body, present with the Lord. But we believe in the resurrection we believe in a resurrected body, like Jesus. He showed us the future, and where life reigns, hope reigns. And where Jesus reigns, hope reigns, and where Jesus reigns, life truly does reign. Let's look at what Peter says about this, this living resurrected hope out of First Peter chapter one. We're going to look at verses three through nine. Let's be mindful. This is God's holy, inerrant word. Never lead us astray. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And isn't that true of many of us? So the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, it perishes though it is tested by fire, Oh Father God, what we need today clearly on this Easter Sunday is a living resurrected hope that comes from your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, would you be pleased to speak through a broken vessel that's clinging to this hope himself? And Father, would you be pleased to make my words your ear, your words? Would you Would You give us ears to hear Your voice? Because it's in Your voice that we find hope. Because it's in Your voice that we find life. Because it's in Your voice that we find meaning and purpose. So speak. Father, would You open up our minds to understand Your Word. Understand what this resurrected Savior means to us. Father, that You would lovingly open up our hearts. Open up our hearts to believe that Your truth, the truth, and the power of the Holy Spirit would shine into our our brokenness, into our disbelief. Jesus, would You shine upon our hearts today? And Holy Spirit, we ask for resurrected power as we leave here, that we would walk in newness of life, that we would walk with living hope, That we would walk in a manner worthy of the resurrection in obedience to our King named Jesus. Father, come and use all those things that are true and contain the good news of Christ to make us more like Jesus. And Father, all the things that I said that are wrong or that are merely my opinion, may they fall away and be forgotten. We pray that You and You alone receive glory. But we also pray that we, Receive living hope. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. It says in this uh, passage of Scripture, as Peter writes to us, he says that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, through this one event, that we can be born again to a living hope. The question that is before us that begs our attention is this. How does this living hope, how does this event that happened some 2,000 years ago really penetrate our lives? How does something that happened so long ago really make a difference in our lives on a daily basis? It's interesting. A few weeks ago, I told you I was uh, reading a, a book on the Civil War called April 1865 by Jay Winnick. It's a great book. I love the way the guy writes. It just sings to me. He's opening up history to me. And I'm just realizing how many things had to take place, how many events, how many people had to do different things for us to know America as it is today for us to have a nation as it is today, for us to understand all these things that I kind of just forgot about or never knew or all these things that I've kind of ignored and say, wow, there really were events in the past that have so shaped my life, that has so, so shaped my country and so shaped yours as well. But nothing of all of history has ever had the ability to shape our lives, our family, and certainly our hope as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But The question is this, how can this living hope be for us? How can this living hope reach you and me? Well, it's Jesus. Jesus is the ticket to that hope. Jesus came and says, I, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Anyone who wants hope, anyone who wants life must go through me. There's no other way to the Father. There's no other way to life and meaning There's no other way other than Jesus. So according to God's Word, the way we find hope is we must have that ticket, if you will. We must have that relationship with Jesus. Well, how do we redeem it? How do we, if you will, have our tickets punched? How do we make it personal? Well, the Bible talks about the fact that we needed to be connected to Jesus. We need to be connected to Him by faith. And once we're connected to Jesus by faith, it's kind of amazing what God does. God says this. He says, if we are in faith in Christ Jesus, that God, the creator of the heaven and the earth, will now see us, see our lives through Christ. Not only that, he says this. He says that I'm going to see the work of Christ as being done on your behalf. All the things that Christ did that was right and fulfills the law, I'm going to give to you. All the things that Christ did to pay the penalty of death. I'm going to give and provide that for you as well. If we, by God's grace, in faith in Christ Jesus, we now have this mystical union that the Bible says we're in Christ. A matter of fact, it says that we're so unified in Christ that we're one. That should just pretty much blow your mind. That God would send His Son to come and to rescue us. And He would say... His life for your life. His death for your death. His resurrection for your resurrection. As He lives, you live. As He has hope, you have hope. That's what it means to being in Christ Jesus. Well, Scripture says this. If we are in Christ, we've been connected to Him through His crucifixion. Let me me read for you Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Baptized in really here, meaning in faith and having faith in Christ Jesus. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Unbelievably, Paul says, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that Jesus' death was our death. Or as he says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So what, what does that matter to us? You see, if we have been crucified with Christ... We now are freed. Listen to this. If we've been crucified with Christ, if this is true, if God sees us there, if we've been crucified with Christ, we now have been freed from the power of sin. Sin's power and dominion. We now, in Christ Jesus, are freed from that power. Let me, let me read what Scripture says. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So we are no longer enslaved to sin. So amazingly, that God says in Christ Jesus, you too can be crucified. Therefore, the power of sin will no longer enslave you. Now those of us and all of us have fallen short of God's glory. All of us have sinned. Now God in Christ Jesus says that power is diminished. But there's more than that. It's that penalty. That penalty Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin, the payment of sin for a holy God is death. The payment of sin is death. Now Jesus has tasted death for us, so we do no longer have to taste it. So that we can be set free from the penalty of sin. Think about this. If we are in Christ Jesus and we've been crucified with Christ, no longer does sin have power and dominion over us and no longer does sin have a penalty hanging over us. This means that all of us in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Okay, let's, 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 let's talk about this. Your brokenness. Your sinfulness, The things that you haven't uttered to anybody else. The thoughts that you have. The acts. I mean, the, 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 the deplorable things of not loving God and your neighbor. Just the, the things of being broken. According to this, it says, In Christ Jesus, the power and penalty have been paid. You've been crucified with Him. They no longer can haunt us. You know what this is saying? This is saying that we now have access to a holy God. You know what this is saying? This is now saying that we can come into God's presence in Christ, robed in His righteousness. And now it says this. It says that if we're in Christ Jesus, God sees us as if we have never sinned. Because we're in Christ. It's been paid for. The power has been broken. The penalty has been done with. Listen, if we are in Christ Jesus, it's more than as if we just kept the law perfectly. We have Christ's righteousness. All that Jesus did as the Son of God, the righteousness of God is given to us. Here's the good news about being in Christ Jesus. Your sins aren't going to haunt you any longer. Don't let them. They don't haunt you in front of a holy God if you are in Christ Jesus. Is hope reigning over your sins? Let me ask you that. Is hope reigning? Or is death and despair in Christ Jesus? Hope should be reigning. Not only have we been crucified with Christ, it says we've been resurrected with Christ. That's how our ticket is also punched. We are now completely freed from the power of death. Romans 6, 8 and 9 says this, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with Him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, It says, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The power of death has been broken through the resurrection of Jesus. Here's the reality. In Christ Jesus, death doesn't win. In Christ Jesus, hope reigns. In Christ Jesus, life reigns. Are you in Christ Jesus? Because where Jesus is, Life does reign. Where Jesus is, hope does reign. Even in the valley of the shadow of death. Does hope reign in your soul? Does the hope of Christ reign in your heart? The only way to get this hope that's living, the only way to get this salvation is if we kneel by God's grace to Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords, that we kneel to His reign. That we take this amazing grace of God that says, I'm going to provide you a sacrifice and I will link you in Him. And now we kneel to Him and say, take my life, take my sins, take all that I am. And now reign upon me your love. Now reign upon me your grace. Now reign upon me your newness. The only way that hope will reign in us is if we kneel to the reign of Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. And then we're adopted in as His family i got three things for us to consider today in this message as we close. One is this. Are you letting hope reign upon you? Is hope reigning in your life? These are hard times economically. These are hard times in our world. I know you. I know your stories. I know how broken you are. I've had the privilege of coming alongside you. Is hope reigning in your life? the Easter message is for you to say, it's here. Hope reigns in Christ. Is He your Lord and Savior? You know that ticket for $2.5 million? It expired. No one claimed it. They know what store it was purchased in. They know that someone went in there and went into this grocery store. They know that they made the purchase... They came home with a ticket and on August 19th, that number was read and they won $2.5 million and somehow 180 days lapse, and they never take a winning ticket and have cash it in. I mean, is that not crazy? Is that not tragic? And I got, you know, I got you to I, I, easy for me to say. I need you to know that I can understand that because I lose things. I forget things but $2.5 million? Are you kidding me? Something more tragic than losing a $2.5 million lottery ticket would be losing the opportunity today to have life and hope reign forever in your life through Christ Jesus. That's the Easter message, is hope reigning on you in Christ. And the only way that hope reigns is if Christ is your Lord and Savior and coming and kneeling before Him. Let the hope of God reign. Don't not redeem the ticket. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't leave here without Him being your Lord and your Savior. That's one. Two, let hope reign through you. Listen, if you're a Christian, and many of you are, if you've embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now as His ambassador, now as His child, you now are an instrument of hope. Hope should be reigning through you. If you have claimed Christ, you have that ticket. You have a living hope inside of you. Did you ever notice that going to the mall means so much different for men than it does to women? I mean, it's an experience for women. I mean, it's just it's something close to religious experience, I think. And and I don't get it. And I just think that they're just happy to be there, and it doesn't matter what they've went for. They're just going to go. And, and I, I understand it because I could, you know. Katie says, "How can you watch sports all day and then watch Sports Center at night?" And say, well, what's wrong with that? You know. But when I go to the mall, I want to get out as fast as I can. So I go in and I want to find one of those little kiosks and I want to find a red dot. Because a red dot's going to say, you are here, right? And then you can negotiate and you look to see where you got to go and say, okay, fastest way from I am here to I got to get there and I got to get out of here, right? <laughs> the first thing starts with you understand your place. Where are you? You see, if you're a Christian, if by God's grace, you're a child of God, you're like a red dot to the world that says, ready for this? God is here. As a temple of the Holy Spirit, as those who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, God has us in this mall of life as dots to proclaim to others around us that God is here. And He wants to reign through you to others so that they know He is here. God sends pastors in some really dark places at times. And sometimes we're in the shadow of the valley, the valley of the shadow of death that is so dark, it's just unbelievable. And oftentimes God will call us to go to places that are way beyond our ability. And we go to say, God is here. Not me. I have the privilege of bringing God's hope through me. But you know what's even more beautiful? Is seeing you do it. And I do. I'm amazed, Orangewood. I think that you're really good this way. I think oftentimes when we have brothers and sisters going through the valley, I see you show up and sometimes not, not, not even know what to say. But just know that hope is to reign through you in Christ Jesus. Being there and say, I don't know why this is happening, but I, I, I know of a resurrection. I know of a living hope. Is hope reigning through you? You see, 1 Peter 3.15 says this. Peter later on says, be ready to give a reason and an answer for why there's hope in you. Because really, the world should be hopeless. If there wasn't for today, there's no hope. If the tomb was not empty, if Jesus' body is in the tomb, sins haven't been paid for. And if Jesus doesn't live, we don't live either. And if he has not conquered death, we haven't either. And the message would be, let's just try to get along until something else happens. But that's no longer our message. Our message is because Jesus lives right for this, we live. And now we should be ready to tell about the hope. Why in the world do you still hold on to this Jesus in the midst of this? Why in the world is your life, as you lost your job, why in the world is you lost your spouse? Why in the world, as all this happened, do you still have hope? Because by God's grace, I have a living hope. Because that tomb was empty. Because my sins are forgiven. Because I've been set free. Because I'm a new creation. My brothers and sisters, let the hope of Christ reign through you to others. And lastly, orangewood. We gotta let the hope of Christ reign through us as a body of believers. When I first came to Florida. I had a house over in Domerick that did not have a sprinkler system. What grows in Florida naturally? Anything good? Did you ever try to anybody have a lawn that doesn't have a sprinkler system? Anybody have? I mean, sometimes it's green, sometimes it's brown. You start dragging a hose all around the uh, yard trying to make it green. I mean, does anything grow naturally here? I know there's some things, but my goodness, try to keep a lawn without a sprinkler system. Forget it. Once you get a sprinkler system, it's pretty awesome. You just flip a switch, turn off. Orangewood, God's called us to be His sprinkler system in this way, to be connected to one another. Because we're a whole lot better together than we are individually dragging a hose around our community. And listen, each one of us has an individual spigot of God's blessing he wants to pour on our community. And listen, here's family of God. Here's what God wants of us. He wants us to shower our community soaking wet with God's blessing. He wants us connected to one another in a way that he is showering our friends and neighbors with the reality that hope reigns, that life reigns in Christ Jesus. We are, in Central Florida, God's sprinkler system of hope. We're God's sprinkler system of life. And I got to tell you this, we got to be connected to one another for it to work. And if anybody has a sprinkler system, those things are so stinking fragile. They're always breaking, aren't they? They're always kind of going the wrong way. Always breaking. Is that not us, the body of Christ? we got to keep on looking at one another and say, man, are you all right? Are you, you leaking a little bit? Need a little putty of Jesus in your life? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I hold a wound with you? My brothers and sisters, this resurrection thing does more than bring us just life. It brings us life together. It really makes us family. We're his. This is where hope reigns. This is where life reigns, and we're to shower Central Florida and the world the good news of Jesus together. That's a resurrected hope. How is it with you? Are you here today and you don't have hope reigning well, the message for you is simple. The message for you, if, if hope is not reigning in your life, turn to the only one who can give you hope, Jesus Christ, and kneel before Him. Let me ask some of you, are, are some of you not connected to a church home, you're, you're your own individual sprinkler? You know, God didn't make you that way. He didn't make you just to be you know hauling a hose around one area to another area, trying to get a little water. He's connected. He created us to be connected to one another. So maybe the message for some of you is... is uh, Maybe quit being that renegade out there on your own. Come and be a part of the body of Christ. We need you. God made you for us and we for you. And if it's not just us, find a Bible-believing church that's going to love you and shepherd you and, and pour into you to make sure that, that you're showering your neighbors and friends with good news of Christ. So maybe for some of you, the message is, are you, are you in a church home? This I'd recommend this one. It's a great one. But if not, find one that that will love you and that will tell you every week about Jesus. How about your own life? Are you showering others with the hope and blessings of Christ Jesus? Or are you just like a well sucking it all in? I just made that up. Do wells suck it all in? Wells give it up. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I think you got my point, though, I hope. How is it with you? Is hope reigning? It should. Because Jesus lives. Let's pray. And Father God, we couldn't make up a story that's better than the one we have in Christ Jesus, the true story an amazing story of rescue that that Jesus would come and live the life that we were supposed to live, to die the death that we deserve, and conquer death so that now we can live. And now today, April fourth, two 2010, hope reigns in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are here. May hope reign in their life through them. Father, may you use us to be a shower of blessing to others. But Father, this morning, I want to pray for that man or that woman or that young person who has yet to experience the reign of Jesus as Lord of their lives who's yet to experience the reign of Your blessing as Christ Jesus, as Lord of lords and King of kings. Father, if there are those here today, and I'm sure there are several, who have yet to come to Jesus and kneel and say, I received the greatest ticket, the greatest prize. Come and reign in my heart. Take my sin. Give me Your life. What an exchange. Father, I pray that anyone here today who is yet to embrace you, that they just pray saying, Jesus, forgive my sins. Come and reign in my life. Shower me with your blessings so I could shower others with a living hope in Christ. Father, I pray for anyone here today who is yet to uh, kind of attach themselves to a church. That your Holy Spirit would make it clear that it's not good to drag around a hose. That they're to be connected to a system, a, a living church that Christ Himself is built and building and the gates of hell will not prevail because we're better together. We're better together. Father, I pray for Orangewood. Would You please, for Your glory and for the advancement of Christ's kingdom, cause us to shower blessings, to soak our neighbors, our friends, and our family with the reality that Jesus lives and hope reigns and life reigns in Christ. Father, may we be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, that showers others with your blessing. Holy Spirit, thank you for the life we have in Christ Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.